Welcome to the Do Better podcast with your coach and host, me, Stevie Potter, helping you to go from feeling like a smashed packet of custard creams to being a superhuman. To find out where you are right now on the spectrum, go to our show notes and visit the Superhuman Scorecard and start changing your life today. Well, welcome to another episode of the Do Better podcast. Um, I'm your host, Stevie Potter, and every week I try and do a little mini coaching session for you. So if you're working out in the gym, if you're out for a little run, uh, maybe you're listening in the car on the way to work because a lot of these are perfect length for a commute. Uh, But whatever it is that you're doing while you're listening to me, I hope you're enjoying yourself and I hope this in some way enhances your activity. Um, I'm actually recording this on Valentine's Day, so happy valentine's week by the time you get this uh, valentine's day will be well and truly over um hopefully you will have scooped up some reduced bargains in the steak and chocolates and wine section on tuesday because when i was a single person that was my favorite pastime to make sure that i scooped up all the valentine specials the day after valentine's day there are perks to being savvy and single um <laughs> so whatever situation you're in i hope you've had a really nice valentine's day week um We've done quite a lot recently on diet. So obviously in my coaching life, one of the things that I concentrate on quite heavily is um, people's diet because what you put into your body is essentially what you're going to get out. And whether you're trying to perform your best as a parent, as a business person, just as an all-round human being, whatever it is that you're trying to get out of life, I firmly believe that getting to the bottom of your nutrition strategy and really focusing on the building blocks of life, the energy that you have and what you can extract from your food in both of those regards is the key to unlocking your ultimate performance. Now, there are obviously lots of other elements and they kind of get more and more specific and strategic as you go up that kind of, if you imagine a pyramid um, of performance. Nutrition is one of the building blocks and it's the one right at the bottom. It's the biggest one because whatever else you put on top of that pyramid, whatever field it is that you're trying to do well in, nutrition is the cornerstone of that. So hopefully in the diet special, I know I said in the last episode, It just isn't possible for me to cover every single diet ever because that wouldn't be a diet special. It would basically just be a podcast on fad diets and it would go on indefinitely and infinitely Um, and also be quite boring because like I said last week, I just wanted to kind of demonstrate to you and unpack that there are some universal truths in terms of weight loss, weight management and health management as well. So hopefully you gain something from that. And if you haven't listened already, do go back and listen to that. And I also recommend that you go back and listen to the podcast from the very beginning if you haven't already. Um, Get to know me a little bit more, why I'm here, what I do. um, And like I say, there's some useful coaching insight in there. All of the podcasts are based on questions that I've had from clients, questions that I've had in the community um, and the questions that I get through emails and direct messages. So please do send me um, any questions that you've got, any topics you want me to cover. Um, One of the topics that I'm going to cover today, and I'm just going to kind of do a whistle-stop tour through is about the relationship between exercise, performance, the human body and nutrition. I think it's a grossly misunderstood topic and I think that is because of the kind of myths that were brought up around. So when we think about weight management, when we think about 
um, trying to lose weight, but also when we think about just trying to maintain a healthy body and maintaining a healthy weight, we're always taught to balance calories in and calories out. And I always talk to people about calorie deficits as well. You know, if you want to lose weight, the, the physics of the matter are you have to put yourself in a calorie deficit. Now, actually doing that can be a little bit more challenging based on how your body utilizes different macronutrients, different chemicals in food and all those kind of other personalized things as we discussed briefly uh, last week. But the simple physics of it are, if you're putting in less than you're putting out, then you're going to lose weight. There are also these kind of debates about starvation mode um, and things like that. They will be hotly disputed by a lot of personal trainers and nutrition advisors. Um, but actually, there's a lot of research that suggests starvation mode does exist, but it's it's a cause of very chronic, um, very heavy calorie deficits. So it's not something we should be worrying about in a very um, controlled weight loss environment. But what we also think about when we think about a calorie deficit is everyone's got this obsession now with measuring like measuring steps and measuring calories out and I did this and you know I burnt this many calories at spin class and to be quite frank with you absolute utter bollocks if we look at the studies on smartwatches for a start in laboratories where they can actually measure calorie output um what we can see is that most of those watches are going to be grossly out of whack with what's actually happening. Um, We're looking at between 50 and 95% um, mistake for (laughs) those watches, which is quite astonishing, really, because if you're trying to measure your calorie deficit and lose weight based on a watch that is basically out by 92 I think 92% was the worst performer um, in the trial, then you're going to be a bit scuppered. And actually, it's a bit deeper than that because it's not just the fact that your watch is not accurate in terms of your calorie burn. It's the fact that actually your daily calorie burn doesn't matter that much. I'm going to say that again. Your daily calorie expenditure doesn't matter that much. Now, let me explain this. We've seen from massive studies um, carried out actually by anthropologists rather than by nutritionists and food scientists, but massive studies um, where we look at kind of basal metabolic rate and total daily expenditures of people from all kinds of different communities and cultures that actually the main kind of controlling factor, the contributing factor to how many calories you will burn in a day is your body composition, your body weight. Um, There are slight differences for kind of gender and size and things like that. But the bigger you are, the more calories you're going to need to burn just to kind of keep you moving and keep all your daily functions going. In terms of what difference exercise actually makes, it's not that much. And even if you speak to personal trainers and people like that who have a basic understanding of um, calories and thermodynamics in that sense, they will know that your non-exercising expenditure is the biggest component. So it's not what you go and do in the gym for half an hour. It's what you're doing day to day that makes the difference. The fidgeting, the getting up, the walking around. You know, it's why we've become obsessed with the step count because actually it's really important to keep moving all the time. So if we can throughout the day get our steps up to 10,000, 7,000, what it is, whatever it is that you're trying to improve, then we know, um, you know, we're kind of saying, oh, well, that's, that's going to improve our calorie burn. But is it? And actually looking at some of the work that I looked at recently, I'm not sure that it is. And 
that's where I all, I've always said to my clients, don't measure the calories that are coming out, always measure the calories that are going in because it's much more accurate. Now, again, there are a lot of pitfalls and there are a lot of things to say that perhaps calorie counting is really difficult, not necessarily that accurate, but it's far more accurate than measuring calories out. What we know is the body will adjust to how many calories that you're putting out. And so while you might find an uptick initially when you start a new training program, it basically plateaus after about six months. And you're going to be left thinking, I'm burning all these extra calories. And actually, you're you're kind of going to be putting extra calories into your body that you don't need. And what happens when we've got a calorie excess? Well, we get a weight excess. And it's a trap that a lot of us fall into. Um, That's why I remember lining up at the start line of Ironman and thinking, how are there so many people here carrying so much body fat? Like, you know, I'm glad that you're not bothered and stuff. It would make you more efficient to look at your body composition, though. Let's be honest about it. And also, if calories out and calories in, you know, if you're doing all the training that you're doing, and for me, I was doing kind of 20 to 25 hours a week of training, how the heck are you keeping all that body fat on? But I also looked at myself and thought, well, I can't possibly be, you know, eating enough to, in theory, fuel the amount of training that I'm doing. If it works like that, then this this can't this can't be right. How is it that I can go out for a three, four, five hour ride and do it on some Lucozade and Mars bar and whatever? You know, I'm never going to make those calories up. So how does that happen? Is it that I'm just eating loads through the week? Um, You know, and I was one of those people. I didn't lose weight while I was training for Ironman. Uh, My body composition was probably different, but I didn't lose any weight particularly. Um, My figure didn't really vary um, to to what it is now. I think the muscular density was probably different, Um, but it was very, very interesting to me. And when I started to read more and more about these studies that had been done across masses and masses of people looking at what is their totally da- total daily en- energy expenditure versus, you know, what's what's this, the total daily energy expenditure, the amount of energy used per day in somebody who's a hunter-gatherer tribes person versus the average fat American sat at a desk. And per pound, it's pretty much the same. The only difference is Fat Joe Bloggs sat at the desk in America is a lot bigger And actually, that means he's burning more calories, but he's putting more calories in and they're more accessible because of the form of food that they're in. So there's lots of things to consider there. But what I learned from that was that counting calories going out just is not an accurate form of measuring how much food you can eat. And that kind of brings me on to why the hell should we exercise then? If you're stood there telling me, Stevie, that when I exercise, I'm not burning off the donut I ate earlier today, then why the heck am I doing it? Well, that's where we have to think about exercise as a separate element. And we have to think about the individual benefits of exercise for our health. And there are numerous studies out there to show us that exercise is good for us in so many ways. So when we don't pay attention to diet, when we just look at exercise regimes, we know that it lowers blood pressure. It lowers the risk of stroke, of heart attack. It lowers the risk of things like vascular dementia. There are so many things that exercise can do for us on a health sphere. And it's not about weight weight management. And that's where I kind of say to everybody, that's why I'm about health and not weight. Because being just about weight is being really not black and white, but it's being blinded. It's being blinkered to what just focusing on weight does for your overall health. And what it does is it doesn't take into account how healthy you are. It just, it literally takes into account how much you weigh. Now, how is that relevant? We know that 
being obese is obviously not good for our health and that's why we have a problem with all these preventable health conditions but what we've also got a problem with is that we're obsessed with weight we either stand up there and say well if you're you know if your fat's absolutely fine and all these people that are really overweight like we shouldn't be body shaming anybody but actually if you're really really overweight and obese somebody needs to be telling you what the health risks of that move are likewise if you're grossly underweight there are going to be health conditions and risks related to that as well But we also need to not be so obsessed with the number on the scale and actually think about the health of the inside of our bodies. And that's where exercise comes in, is that nutrition is a separate part. It's a separate piece to the puzzle. And it's a totally, totally important one. And I believe it's the real cornerstone of everything that we do. But exercise is another one that's really important. And in my work with entrepreneurs, with business people, one of the things I'm really keen to make people do is to exercise and just move more. And it doesn't necessarily have to be going down the gym and sweating it out, getting in the squat rack and doing heavy weights. You know, that is really good for us. But what I start with is just saying, get up from your desk. The human body was not designed to sit in a chair. And the chair, in my opinion, devil's work. Um, but then I do say that as somebody with a horrendous lower back injury. So I would say that. Um, But sitting in a chair all day does nobody any good. And the amount of lower back injuries that we see in people who are working hard is ridiculous. It's insane because people are just sitting down at desks all day. They're sitting down doing whatever tasks they're doing. Now, some tasks you can't get done without a chair. You need to sit down. But in the office here at home, we've got a height adjustable desk. I stand a lot of the time. I'm actually standing as I deliver this podcast to you today. Um... And it's about fidgeting and moving around. The human body was designed to move. If we think about our origins in kind of hunter-gatherers, we're designed to be on the move all day. Not necessarily to be doing it fast. We're not out there to be running marathons every day, but to be walking, to be standing, you know, sitting on the floor, crouching, not sitting in chairs that keep us at right angles in in every possible joint that, that we can. And perhaps that's why we're seeing all the the kind of long-term chronic back injuries that we see in modern populations that we probably don't see in hunter-gatherer populations. But we can also see that we get increased mental acuity, we get improved mental health. I mean, look at all of the research and all of the stuff that's coming out now, well, which has actually been around for a long time, that tells us about the benefits of exercise for mental health and how it improves our focus, how it improves clarity, how it improves our concentration, how it allows us to be more creative. And the reason is, is because it can be a really good vent for stress. It can be a really good vent for anxiety. It can be a really good way to just let off some steam. I've talked before about the book uh, The Chimp Paradox by Professor Steve Peters and he comes up with um, this program about thinking about exercising your inner chimp so basically saying that your inner chimp is is the part of your brain that's that's quite primitive it's the emotional bit exercise is a really great way for letting that chimp get some exercise so that you don't go off on one and have a meltdown at people now hands up I'm going to be the first one to admit I don't have a great handle on my chimp but I am working hard on it and exercise is a great thing for it um recently most of you will know um noodle arms is now noodle arm uh as he's broken his shoulder blade in a couple of places silly boy sliding off his bike really testing us at home um (laughs) it was a really tough first week um I was having to do a lot for him. He obviously wasn't very independent for a few days and it was stressful. There was a lot going on. There was a lot of other stuff going on as well. And one of the things that I found was that I was really in desperate need of getting out there and exercising loads. I just needed to do it. I had a need to do it. 
Maybe I was physically running away from my problems, but to be honest, it was all I could do to keep me sane. And I had to get out there. I had to run. I had to work myself up into a sweat. I had to push myself. Maybe it's just because it shut down the voices, but I think what it helped me to do was just let off that steam, get some happy hormones going, make me feel more relaxed so that I could have some clarity and I could think about planning. I could think about, you know, engaging the logical human part of my brain rather than living in this urgent kind of emergency primitive part, as he calls the cheap, uh, the chimp in his book. So I think we need to think about what exercise does for us on a mental level. And I think if we can think about the mental health benefits of exercise, then far more of us will be pushed to do it than if we just think about the physical benefits. Um, We're all very hot on mental health, but it's also something that you can instantly recognize. You can instantly say, I've got more energy. I feel more relaxed. I feel calmer. I slept better. You can say all of those things and it's not something you're going to have to wait three to six months for to see results. If you kind of compare that to calorie counting and trying to lose weight, obviously you're not going to see the results straight away and you have to keep chipping away at it. And that's what makes it challenging. Exercise should be the easy part because exercise, you can see the benefits from straight away. And it's also one of those things that the more you do it, um, the more addictive it becomes, you know, hands up exercise addict. Um, I do, I do make sure that exercise comes before social functions. That's just how I've designed my life. And some people would say that's a problem, but actually I think there are far worse things I could be addicted to. And um, I think it's just because that's the kind of lifestyle I want to build. And I know how it makes me feel. It makes me feel great. And it gives me the mental resilience to cope with difficult situations. So I think if we all thought about it from what it's doing for our mental health and we monitored that more closely, rather than thinking about exercise as a way of burning off calories, because that's the other way that we think about it. We think about it as a punishment. We think about the food that we've eaten during the day and we think, well, now I need to go to the gym and I need to burn it all off. It's a thing I have to do in order for me to indulge and enjoy my food. But suddenly, if you think about the fact that exercise isn't doing that for you, if you separate the two, then suddenly it's kind of irrelevant because you know that the only way to control uh, the calories that you're burning is actually to control the calories that you're putting in. And if you think about that, then exercise suddenly becomes a reward. It stops being a punishment because, well, if it's not linked, then it's not relevant. And then we can think about actually how it brings us joy. Because if we separate the two out, then we think about exercise and all the benefits it brings. Actually, I think that's a far more inspiring thing to do. It's way more inspiring to want to get out there for a run because it's going to prevent you from getting vascular dementia or because it's just going to make you feel good in 10 minutes time. That is a far more powerful tool because you've got a real short term gain there. And what exercise can also help us to do, the reason it can help us to lose weight is not because it's helping us to burn hundreds of extra calories, but quite simply because it's helping us to exercise our mind and it's helping us to relax and it's helping us to put ourselves in a frame of mind where we're more comfortable, more more relaxed, more inspired. And that's why it supports healthy eating and that's why it supports a calorie controlled diet. And there are studies to prove that as well, is that exercise is a great part of weight loss and weight management. And it's because of how it makes us feel. And let's not forget the other thing. If you want to go and get ripped and you want to build some muscle, get some good biceps, get a washboard stomach, then you need to get in the gym and actually build some muscles for us to see, right? So it does have an impact on body composition in that sense. Maybe not for fat loss, but certainly for muscle building. So, you know, again, 
you've got to think of it as a different stimulus. Whatever your plan is, whatever your goal is, you have to think about exercise and nutrition separately. Think about the mental health benefits of exercise, but think about the fact that it can actually build muscle and that can be another way that you can use it. But I think the most important thing is that we should all be thinking not about exercise, but just about movement. And that's something that I coach all of my clients to do, whether it's in the entrepreneurship workshops that I'm doing with the aesthetic entrepreneurs or whether it's in my one-to-one chats with my clients in my performance coaching. Whatever I teach them, it's always about movement. It's not saying you have to go to the gym and you have to do this prescriptive exercise. It's about saying, can you just get up and move around more? Will it make you more productive at work if you go out for a walk at lunchtime? How is that going to impact you? Will it help your family life if you can all go out swimming together? Maybe you can go and ride your horse for a few more hours every week. What can you find to do that you enjoy, that helps you to exercise your chimp, that helps you to get perspective? Because at the end of the day, if we can relax your mind in that way, then it's going to enhance everything else that you want to do. So if you're trying to do well in business, if you're trying to be a good parent, then if you're thinking about the benefits that mental clarity will give you. If you're thinking about being a parent, I mean, if you're working at this high stress level and you have no release, you're a pressure cooker. And that's when you end up doing those terrible, you have those really bad arguments. You think, oh my gosh, I'm a terrible person because you've completely blown the kids and you've you know lost it um, because they've done one small thing that's just pushed you over the edge. Maybe if you can get exercise into your routine, then it's going to help to take those stress levels down. And it means that you're going to be able to tolerate a lot more. And that's what I say about building resilience. You've got to find a vent for your emotion that's your time. And movement can really be that. And it might just be walking with the dog. It might be swimming. It might be the gym. It might be running. There are tons and tons of things. There, I've got clients who go pole dancing. I've got clients who swim with their kids on the back. I've got clients who do all sorts of different things. Um, But you've got to find what works for you. So I'd encourage you to go out there and try new things. And it doesn't have to be anything that costs you any money at all. You can go out there and walk around the pavements, the streets of your neighborhood. Maybe you're going to do it and just listen to what's going on. Maybe you're going to listen to the podcast. Maybe you're going to listen to my podcast. Um, I hope so. But find a form of movement not exercise, find a form of movement that works for you. Get up from your desk in the day as well. Don't just think about movement as being one block of the day. Think about all of the tasks that you do, how you can incorporate more movement into them. Can you do some squats while you're brushing your teeth? Can you um, get up every 45 minutes from your desk and go take a little walk just around the building? Can you go up and down the stairs? Can you go and get a coffee from the machine? You know, how far away is the water from you? Can you go and get some more water and improve your hydration as well? There are lots of different things and, and habit stacking is a really good way to do it. So thinking about the things that you already do in the day and then thinking I'm going to add movement into those. So when I go to the coffee machine, I'm going to go and, you know, put my coffee onto brew and then I'm going to do a lap at the office and then I'm going to come back. Whatever it is, think about there are so many novel ways that you can just slowly improve the amount of movement that you're doing during the day. Now, that's where these smartwatches that I talked about right at the beginning can be helpful because measuring steps, although it's kind of arbitrary and the 10,000 figure mark, I, I hate to 
break it to you. The 10,000 step mark is made up. There is no proven health benefit from doing exactly 10,000 steps per day. So well done if you're doing it. I applaud you because you're getting up and you're moving around. However, do not become obsessed with it. Do not think that it's earning you more calories and do not think that if you suddenly reach the 10,000 mark, then you're a superhuman because that is not necessarily true. But what it does do is if you're looking at a step count and you're certainly comparing it day to day, so you're comparing today's with what you did yesterday, then what we know from that is that you're going to be making an effort to move more. Well, that's the whole aim of the movement, right? The whole aim of this is this exercise is to make you move more, to do more of it, to keep you on your toes, to give you all the mental clarity that you need and all the benefits that you need. And again, we know that if you're doing it throughout the day rather than in one big chunk, that that's better for you as well. So hopefully that's given you some food for thought in terms of how you look at exercise and maybe it's inspired you to do a little bit more. Maybe it's kind of given you some something to think about in terms of the way that you train and maybe it's encouraged you to just think about day-to-day things rather than trying to be a hero all the time and thinking that it doesn't count if you go for a walk, it only counts if you go to the gym and have a good sweaty workout. That is not the case at all because when you think about what the benefits are, it's not a case of burning more calories means more success at all. So make sure you're not using exercise as punishment because that's absolutely pointless. Make sure you're not using it for calorie burn. Do think about the mental benefits, the mental health benefits of exercise. Do think about if you want to build muscle that it can be good for body composition if you're going in and doing some strength workout. And make sure you don't have an all or nothing approach. So little bits throughout the day is great. Um, and don't think that you're, you know, completely useless if you are just going for a walk and that you might as well not bother. That's absolutely not the case. Um, if you've got any questions around exercise, today's topic, anything else, then you know where I am. Come and get me in the Paladins community or get me on my contact details, um, email. You can direct message me on social media as well. Um, I do try and get back to all of you as soon as I can. Um, but I am a person with a life, so do bear with me. Um, if you've got any suggestions for topics for the podcast as well, do let me know. Um, don't forget as well, we have got Lard Loss Clinic coming up, the honest approach to losing fat. And I'm going to be covering in a lot more detail some of the things that I've talked about on the podcast. Um, so this is going to be three two-week sprints to get you in shape, six weeks to lose the pounds that you haven't lost since Christmas um, and get you holiday ready because we are not far away from there. I've seen a lot of things popping up on social media with people booking holidays and kind of getting ready to get in shape for Easter and for summer. This is your last chance. And I tell you what, um, there are lots of other things that you've tried and they haven't been successful because they've all been with Nambi Pambi, personal trainers, nutrition advisors. You need somebody who's going to actually hold you accountable and say to you along that journey, what have you done? And if you haven't done it, why not? So if you do want to get signed up for that, and we've got pre-registration open now, there'll be some more details coming out very, very soon. Um, But there are limited spaces as well, and some of those have already gone. So um, if you do want to get registered, we're starting on Monday the 7th of March, and we're going to have some more information coming out soon. There is a link to register for the Lard Loss Clinic in the podcast notes, Um, so do get signed up for that. In the meantime, have a great week, and I will catch up with you again very soon listening to the do better podcast i hope you enjoyed the show 
You can connect with me and learn more about how you can become a happier, healthier and more successful superhuman by contacting me at steviepotter at thewonderclinic.co.uk, following Stevie's Wonder Clinic on Instagram and heading to our website thewonderclinic.co.uk. And you can get started on your journey today by completing the superhuman scorecard via the link in the show notes. I hope to see you all soon.